Hello, hey, and welcome to Ask the Color Expert. My name is Elaine Travis. I am a career hair colorist, independent educator, and author of the book, A Colorful Journey. I'm here every week sharing tips, tricks, and stories that are all things hair color. Thanks for joining me, and let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Today's special guest is Brandy Taylor. She is a beauty business coach. She is uh, she has a podcast called the Business Beauty Network Podcast, and her specialty is empowering beauty bosses to effectively market their business for growth. Well, I know I need Brandy. <laughs> Everyone needs Brandy. <laughs> so welcome, Brandy. It's so great to have you here today. Thank you so much for being a guest today. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. So we, we got to do your podcast, which was super fun. And, you know, as busy entrepreneurs, we always think we have more time than we do. And we're like, we'll just do both episodes. I'll be on yours. You'll be on mine. We'll do it all together. Well, we got talking and we had such a great interview. I'm like, girl, neither one of us has a voice left. So <laughs> let's save this for another, another day. So thank you for being flexible with that, because um, I think what you have to share is important. And I wanted to make sure um, that you were able to have the proper amount of time to share your wisdom. I mean, I know for sure I jumped on to the phone to let you know that I was running late and I looked at your Instagram. I was like, how does she do that post where that video is moving and this is in a box and I never saw that before. So kudos to you for getting my attention because <laughs> it's hard to wow me after 35 years in the industry. Um, and I think our people listening will agree that it can be super daunting and overwhelming to try to stand out on social media for starters. So let's, let's talk about how you manage to do that and how you can help others do that. <laughs> yeah, I think standing out is easy if you think about it, because what makes you stand out is you. Like that's what separates you from everybody else's you. Like, so it could be no matter how many people are in the beauty industry doing the same thing that you do, you know, you have different life experiences and all of those things. And that's what makes you different. So I think the best way to stand out is just really being true to ourselves. And I think once we get comfortable with who we are and confident in that, it makes it easier for us to do that, especially as beauty professionals, because there's so many people that do what you do. So what I say is, you know, there's many people that do what you do, but nobody can do it, do it exactly like you, right? So, so once you realize that, then you look at what makes me different. How do I stand out? And you bring your own uniqueness to what you do in the beauty industry. I love that because so many people start to feel bad with comparing themselves with, you know, they don't have as many followers on social media or they're not getting as many likes. I know right now getting a like is so difficult. I mean, when you think about the the effort of touching your finger to a screen to give a like, and I'll look at the insights and it'll say, you know, 2000 people saw it and you get like 10 likes. I'm like, come on people. You can't tap with your little fingerprint on that screen and give a sister a like. And I don't think that anybody means anything by it. I think everyone is just moving so quickly. They're scrolling so fast. So to get, to really get someone to stop first and foremost, to even really watch or read what you have to say, then to get them to actually react with a like, 
I know Instagram had started to not show the likes because it was making people feel so bad and now it's back. So it must have, it must have not worked for Instagram to not have that. Um, I guess that's that spirit of competition was, was good for them. But, you know, you hear about all these teenagers being suicidal. Like I say to my kids all the time, thank God I didn't have that when I was a teenager because we didn't, we didn't compare anything. Our weekends it was, you experienced your weekend. You didn't know what somebody else was doing. Now, you know, for my, my son's going to be 24. He's like, if you go to a party and it's not a blast within five minutes, everybody gets on their phone and says, we're leaving, we're going. And they all talk about where they're going to, to see what they think they're missing at the next party. And the next party is the same thing, just a different location, different people. So it's all this unnecessary FOMO of like, you think you're missing this great thing, but you're really not. Yeah, I definitely um, see that. So, and that's that could be a problem for like our audience, beauty professionals, hairstylists too, because what happens with social media is we're looking at you know the you know the next hairstylist or the, or the popular person or people that have the twenty thousand plus followers or whatever, and we start to compare ourselves to them, and we start to think that their followership on social media equates to dollars. But it does not. Um, I don't think it, you know, it, it equates to dollars at all. And I don't think you should really base your worth off of social media. While I feel like social media is a great tool to use for your business, and you should definitely use it to put out your work as a portfolio and as a way to show people how awesome you are and whatever it is that you do. But don't get too caught up in the likes and all of those things um, to, to the point where it causes you to feel like less confident about yourself or what you do, or like you need to change something. It's okay to like what other people do. It's okay to be inspired by other people, but don't let that be the end all be all. You know, try to be true to yourself and show up in a way that's going to help you represent your brand. And that's what I'm really all about because I know social media can be like that daunting task, especially if you were behind the chair all day. You're like, when do I have time to post? You know? so, and so those are some of the things that I want to talk about it's just shifting your mindset when it comes to social media. I feel that social media is no longer just pictures of what you ate for dinner. <laughs> it is a marketing tool oh, that you can use, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's a marketing tool that you can really use for your business. You can, it's your form of media, your own form of media that you can create any way that you want. And I think when we start to see it like that, and we utilize it that way, it can really help us to reach our tribe and our community because we're not going to be for everybody, right? But we're going to be for somebody. And so the thing, my thing is, it's just really using social media to show who you are as a stylist, to show your, your, your gifts and talents, your skills, to have fun and all of those things so that you can attract people to your brand. And just figuring out positioning and getting clear on that. And those are some of the things that I work with my clients on you know, some people are posting so many things and, you know, they do everything, right? And, that, and that's what happens with hairstylists a lot. They do a combination of everything. So it's like, it's, it's, it's not easy for me to remember you. I can't remember you because everybody does that. Everybody does, has a thousand pictures of balayage on their page, right? <laughs> so what makes you stand out? And when you really, you know, own that and figure that out and lean into that, things can begin to shift for you. I love that. Uh, so, something that I see over and over again, and I, I don't comment because 
sometimes those forums can get pretty brutal with the backlash of your opinion. Um, but I've seen people say, I'm trying to grow my Instagram. Let's all support each other. Follow for follow, you know, follow me and I'll follow you back. And I'm like, why do you want a bunch of hairdressers from all over the country following you on your Instagram? If you're trying to build your business and get clients on your Instagram like that, I always scratch my head when I see that. And I'm like, that's a perfect example of a vanity metric. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, I want 5,000 followers. I don't care if it's, you know, the janitor at my high school that's following me, that's never going to bring anything to my business or move me forward, but I have a follower, you know? And I'm like, I think people don't really understand what is their why, you know, why are they doing it? What is their, and then I also see um, some of my own staff at the salon that will post a how-to video, like what they're doing and, and how to do it. And I'm like, their clients are following them on their thing. And now they're teaching them how to color hair. You know what I mean? Like they're not educators. So I'm like, why did you post the how-to? Like post the before and after, show off your work, but stop showing the how-to or your client's going to be like, oh, that looks pretty easy. I just watched a whole tutorial. I'm going to try that myself. So really understanding the why behind marketing, I think is a huge piece. So tell me what you do. Tell me what your secret sauce is and what your specialty is. How do you help salon professionals? Yes. Um, it is really my goal to empower salon professionals to effectively market their brand. And so really, um, I help them first to really get clear on their brand and their positioning first. So it's very important to really have clarity around who your client is and who you serve and all of those things. And it's interesting. I want to tap in to what you said about them sharing the how-to, you know, and that goes back to really like knowing your audience and understanding, you know, how to use social media and the different forms of marketing because social media is a marketing tool. So once you're clear on who you serve and what you bring to the market, right, now you have to say, okay, I serve women in this area where my salon is between the ages of 25 to 40 who are interested in color, right? And so when you kind of narrow that down, then, you know, you know that your client is, is a, a, a someone who's going, you're going to service them for, for their hair services, right? So it's not another colorist <laughs> that wants to learn how to do color. So you would not put the how-to. Now you may can share snippets of what the process is like in a salon, you know? So there's different ways to do that. You don't want to give all, like you put this on first and you paint this here and you pick it up. You don't want to give them all the all of that. They're not professionals and you want them to come to you for the service, but you can kind of, kind of invite them into your world. So I, uh, what I would suggest that person do is if they want to kind of show behind the scenes, yeah, show a little snippet of maybe some, you know, a, a service that you perform in your salon or, you know, what, or what your staff is like there, what the experience is like when they walk in the door, those types of things, because you want them to feel like they already understand what it's like to be in your salon before they even get there. So that's, that's something that, you know, you need to do. And that's why it's important to just to be clear on why we're posting, not just to be posted because they say, well, they say you should do this. So I'm going to just show them a how to, and, you know, post more and mix it up. No, you, <laughs> that's not, gonna help you and and I agree too because oftentimes I get a lot of coaches following me as a coach and I don't always follow the coaches back because I'm like I'm not trying to get coaches <laughs> <laughs> you know that's not my 
your ideal client. And I don't want them showing my work off to a whole bunch of coaches when I'm trying to get beauty professionals, right? So just really understanding that and having and being clear on the, who, who you serve and how, you know, and who your client is in the market. So now we're clear and we understand that. And I want to talk about changing your mindset when it comes to marketing. Because if you think about it, we're always being marketed to, right? When you when you drive down the street, you see a billboard, there might be a bus ride past with something on it. When you turn on the radio, the radio station is playing McDonald's commercials, right? When you look on Facebook, you're seeing Facebook ads, you're seeing Instagram ads, they're on, on social media. I know Amazon showed me a cute dress. I was like, oh, I want that pink dress. So, <laughs> so they get me, don't they? So, so it's all, you're always being marketed to. And even to take it even further, down to the products that you utilize, like the things that you normally use, they, those things have been marketed to you for so long, it's like automatic. Mm -hmm. If you think about certain household items that we use, like Tide and all those things, right? They've been marketed to us for so long, it's like we already know to go get the Tide, right? <laughs> like that's just how it is. And when we realize that we're always being influenced by something and we're always being marketed to even in a magazine like if you look in vogue they're going to be like a a lipstick ad right from fancy or something right so there's all everywhere it's everywhere and no business there's no business without marketing because marketing is what presents your business to the world so it's, it's a piece that i feel like um in the beauty industry we think we could either do it or not do it but no, it's very important as a business owner, you need to find ways to stay in front of your clients or potential clients consistently so that they, you're top of mind. They'll remember who you are. And so that's what, one of the things I really want the beauty industry to do is to shift their mindset when it comes to marketing. And there's different forms. Social media is only one form of marketing. And I'll, I'll kind of give you a few um, other forms, but social media is the most popular form. And it is very, um, it works and there's billions of people on Instagram and Facebook, right? And it can really work to grow your brand, but you don't only want to just rely on one thing. Like you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. So therefore you should also have email marketing in place. So email marketing is another form of marketing. That's a low cost form that, that you can control yourself. So certain things shouldn't be posted on social media and certain things may be missed on social media. So to make sure that you get any information out and to stay connected to your clients, it's best to create an email list and a place where you can house that. Like, you know, MailChimp or any, you know, something like that where you can create emails to stay in touch with your clients. Ultimately for stylists, and salon owners is usually easy because usually you have a booking system, right? So you're collecting their information. So you already have that, but make sure that you're staying in touch with them. Because I find a lot of times I would go get beauty services done and they would collect my information, but never reach back out to me. Absolutely. They're great tips. And I think something that people don't understand is that when you do post on social media, only 4% of the people that follow you get that on their feed. When I first started doing Instagram, I would get mad at some of my girlfriends because I would say, that was a great picture. Why didn't she like that? You know, I assumed that she saw it. And then we would be out to lunch and I would say, girl, you're really stingy with the likes. I put that picture, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, what are you talking about? I have no idea what you're talking about. And then I started to go to classes on how to get better at social media. And when I heard that statistic, I was like, 
oh my gosh, we think, you know, we, we overthink putting something on there because we're like, oh, what does it look? Does it look okay? Who's going to see it? Da, da, da. And I'm like, oh my God, 4%. That's like nothing. So you really have to be consistent with it to make sure that it's getting in front of the right people. So do you coach uh, the solo suite stylist as well as the salon owner? Who is your audience for your coaching? Yeah, I, I help uh, salon and suite owners alike. So that's, that is my audience. And, and it's interesting because that audience actually chose me. <laughs> it did. Um, that audience chose me. I am, you know, an esthetician. And um, my, I did lashes and makeup for years. But when I started um, doing events for beauty professionals, because I'll, I'll give you a little bit of my story. There was, a, I was in a suite and I had a very lucrative beauty business, but I really didn't know how lucrative it was or how lucrative it was not. So I didn't know my numbers, right? So I was um, pulling up, I think it was like the end of the year and I was getting ready to get all my stuff ready for tax season and all that. And I was pulling, um, my square reports and my PayPal reports and all of those things. And I began to look at the reports and I was like, wait a minute, who made that? (laughs) (laughs) So I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. My business had hit six figures and I didn't even know it. Right. And I didn't feel like I thought it would feel as a six-figure business owner, right? It didn't feel like that. I actually was very upset with myself. And I was like, this is ridiculous. I should have known this. And if I'm making six figures, then that means I need to make some cuts and make some changes and I need to get on top of this. So I began to talk to people. And one of my friends, she was in a different line of work, but she referred me to her CPA and all of those things. And I started talking to a CPA and accountant and getting things in order and getting a better understanding of my numbers. And as I began to learn different things, I started learning about business credit and you know, fixing up things for my business. And I, I began to speak with other beauty business owners that was in the suites that I was in. And I noticed that this wasn't just me. You know, it wasn't just me who was struggling with this, who didn't know these things about business, who didn't know what it, how, like my profit and loss, you know, I didn't understand any of that. And I wasn't even following my taxes correctly because I wasn't following on, like you have expenses. So I wasn't following expenses, right? So I'm just following everything and taking a loss because I, I didn't know any better. And when I saw that I wasn't just, you know, it wasn't just me, I wanted to create a conversation around it. And that's when I created these events in my local area for beauty professionals, just to kind of come together and talk about the business side of beauty. And because I felt like that was the piece that's lacking, like y'all guys are awesome at what you do. You can do a bad hairstyle. You can do some hell of a lashes and the facials and all those things. But what about the business side, right? And when, um, and so I, I kind of put some things out there and there was an overwhelming response with people in the industry who was interested in getting involved in this and coming to an event that were really focused on the business side. And from there, I started the podcast and all of that because I wanted to continue these conversations with people all over the world, talking about the business side of beauty. And so while I focus on mindset and marketing, because a lot of times I find that my stylists are stuck and it's it's their mindset. Like they don't see themselves as the experts that they are. They don't understand the value that they bring to people's lives, the lives that they're changing by beautifying them on a daily basis. 
And I want more of us to see that because when we see that, then we can have more confidence and appreciate ourselves. And I also want us to understand that this isn't just beauty. It's not just lipstick. It's business, as I would say, right? This is a business. So we need to learn that part of it. And if we, we don't have to become business experts, we may need to hire the proper people to help us. You know, we need to hire the CPA, hire the accountant, you know, hire the right people in place that's going to help us to properly run our beauty businesses. Absolutely. And it is such a chronic issue in the industry. And especially now that um, people are new to being solo entrepreneurs and they didn't see what their owner did behind the scenes, you know, like, oh, the owner makes all the money and I'm working so hard. I'm going to go up in my own suite. And then they're like, wait, I have to meet with an accountant. I have to keep receipts. I have to pay credit card fees. I see all these people like, well, I'm just going to charge the client the credit card fee. I'm like, that's not even legal to do that. Like you can't just make that stuff up as you go. So there's a lot of misclassification going on in the industry where, you know, salon owners are saying that they're, um, their booth rent, but they're really commissioned because they're telling them what time to come in, what to wear, they're supplying the supplies, like there's a lot of gray areas and a lot of crossover. And I think, I think COVID brought a lot of things to light, but one of them was that misclassification because a lot of people didn't get the funding that they could have gotten had they had it set up properly. So kudos to you for providing the business side of things to an industry that is really in dire need of those money things. I mean, I, I have not balanced a checkbook. I'm 55 years old. I think the last time I balanced my checkbook, I was in my twenties. I don't balance <laughs> my checkbook, but to your point, it's not, not getting done. Now mm -hmm. I've handed that off to my husband who does not mind doing it. I'm like, I absolutely hate it. But now I tease him. I'm like, you could have a whole other wife and kids. And I wouldn't know because I'm not paying attention. So you know, we, we need to be aware and knowledgeable, even if we don't do it every single day, we need to be able to understand it. Yes, I absolutely agree with that. You should always know your numbers. I um, had created a spreadsheet for my group where they could just track on their own. Like, yes, get the CPA, but I want you to be clear on what you bring in on a daily basis. So when I ask you, you should know like what your average ticket is, you should know that. And um, so it's, you have to be tracking that. You can't manage what you don't track. So don't be afraid of the money. Start tracking the money, become aware of it. Hire someone to help you like a CPA with that stuff because you need that stuff, an accountant for sure. But then make sure that you know where you're at as well, because I find a lot of beauty professionals don't even look at it, you know, regularly enough to even know like what they bring in on a weekly basis or a monthly basis or any of that. What's a simple tip that you could share with our listeners to something they can do from a marketing perspective that doesn't cause them a lot of stress or a lot of heavy lifting, just something that they may not be thinking about in order to get a new client to come to see them? Yeah, so I'll tell you when I, un I totally understand what it's like to forget to take pictures of your work, <laughs> right? To forget all of that stuff. And I, I fell off of social media when I was working in the industry because I would always forget to get pictures. I would always forget. And, I, you know, it was just like a headache, right? So this is what I, what I did for myself that I think may be beneficial to your audience is I actually created a... Um, a part of my day where I made sure I got 
the pictures. Like it was a part of the process of the service. So every client, that was the part of the service, you know, the, having them fill out the form, do the consult, ask them the questions, do all the things that we do when they come in. And then at the end, make sure that I get pictures. And I had all my clients as, you know, as an esthetician doing lash extensions, I had them sign a waiver in the beginning. And I talked about that. I let them know I will take pictures, but I won't include your, you know, your full face unless you, you know, are okay with that. And I would talk to them about it, but I made like content a part of what I did every day. So that made it easier. So I was taking pictures and collecting content every day. So that's, that's one thing. Another thing is, is you're busy behind the chair. You're always working. I get that. You, you know, it's just like, that's another thing I got to worry about. And I think that's why beauty professionals won't tap into it because they don't have the time, but you have to create systems. So I recommend actually collecting the content. So that way you already have it. And then schedule it. So you need to set up a time that you work on your business and not just in your business. So you need a day that you work on stuff like looking at your finances. You work on stuff like your social media marketing. You work on planning out what you want to put out there. And there's so many different schedulers. Like Facebook has its own planner, but if you like special ones, they got like Planoly and all of the other ones. But I recommend having some type of scheduler so that you can plan things out and try to get at least two weeks ahead. So I think that really helps me. It's just really consistently collecting content all the time so that you always have it. So always have a process for collecting your content. And then now that you collect the content, you need to have a day that you can work on your business and not just in your business. Because it's not just about the content. So I'm not saying you need a whole day for social media. But on that day, you can have a few hours for social media a few hours for like really marketing, maybe following up with clients, a few hours for looking at some back-end stuff, cleaning up the salon or checking your inventory. You need a day to do that because if you're spending every day that you're working doing services, when do you have time to make sure your business is running smoothly? When do you have time to bring other clients in? So that's really the big thing. So I think if you are consistently collecting content and you schedule a day to work on your business, not in your business, then that makes things just easier, setting up the right systems in place to work for you, scheduling that stuff out ahead of time. Nobody has time to sit up there. If you have to schedule it every day or post it every day yourself, okay, then that's going to not get done or make it harder for you. So if you schedule it, then, you know, it makes life easier, even with reels. Like as you're collecting video content, you could create the reels and draft them. So you have those in the draft on your phone so you can post that quickly. And maybe you could have a day, maybe a, a day that you can post your reels because, you know, you have more time or set, set a certain time that you engage as well. And that's another thing, too. You want to make sure you take time to engage with people. And I think um, stylists miss out on that as well. So that's where it comes in. You might want to hire somebody. You might want to have an assistant handle the social media or handle gathering the, the, um, the content. You may not want to do that yourself, but it has to be done. So find a way to collect your content a system so that you can schedule it out and have a day dedicated to working on your business and not just in it. I'm exhausted just thinking about it all. Like it, back in the day when I was starting out, all you had to do was be good at hair. You know, you didn't even really have to have a great outgoing personality. Like back in the eighties, it was just like, you just showed up at work and you were booked. Then the nineties got a little bit more sparse. And then once the two thousands hit, it's like, 
You have to be a photographer, a videographer, an editor, a social media expert. When when you just said, you know, make a reel, put it in a draft, like you're saying it like no big deal for me to create a reel. If you could see it, if you could be a fly watching me try to do a reel, my kids are like, give me the phone, dear <laughs> Lord. I'm a one finger texter. So I'm like <laughs> pushing the letters with one finger and they're like, this is painful to watch. So I think speaking for my demographic, um, you know, I, we grew up with our clients, right? So my clients, when I was in my twenties, my clients were 30 to 50. Then when I was in my thirties, my clients were 40 to 60. Like they keep moving up as I'm moving up. So now that I'm 55, I'm like, oh my gosh, is anybody even going to look at what I have going on on social media? Cause they don't know how to create the damn thing either, you know? So it's just funny how everything shifts so much, but you know, I think that one of the downsides of all of this is that stylists sometimes are spending so much time on the picture perfect Instagram and the filters and the making everything look so much better that they're not taking enough time to get better at actually making hair that doesn't need a filter, if that makes sense. Um, you know, they're bypassing the education in hair color and cutting and styling and all the things because they're like, oh, I'll just part the hair and put clips behind it and make it look giant on Instagram and everybody will think it's fabulous. But that client has to leave that salon, go home and see themselves and be wild enough to come back. Um, so my concern is it's shifted so far into a social catalog of, of fabulousness that I see all the time people say, well, I didn't look like those people that I saw on their Instagram page, you know, like it's mm -hmm. so heavily staged and filtered that they can't deliver what they're promising on their Instagram. So I think there's a slippery slope there as well. Um, is that something that you coach to with the people that you deal with, like to have a good representation of what their work actually is and not just make it the 400 million balayage pictures of the same thing <laughs> on their, on their page? <laughs> You know, I don't believe in overusing filters. So therefore, if you feel like you need to use a lot of filters, then you need to polish up your skills anyway. And I'm all for continuing, continuing education and offering the best work and providing the best service. So I, I always tell my people, you don't want to get too caught up in social media. Um, what I mean is, is this, this shouldn't take up your day. This shouldn't be, you know what I'm saying? This is not a, you know, don't make it harder than what it has to be. A few hours a week is good enough to plan some stuff out and do it. And actually a few hours a month, because I try to get my stuff. Like if I have a idea of what I want to post for the month and I lay those things out and I put it in a planner on Facebook and, that, and it schedules for Instagram and Facebook then I just have to come up with filler content, which will be like reels and quick videos and things like that. And I feel like when you do reels and quick videos and things like that, it shouldn't be overly edited anyway. And, and, and it's, it's important not to get too caught up in that. You shouldn't be spending all your days posting and doing all these things. And then after work, you're texting back with clients. We have to have boundaries. We have to run a business properly. And yeah. that's why I always encourage myself to have a day for that. Like have a day for that admin stuff that you, you know, can work on scheduling it. You can work on planning it out. And then that way you're not always posting. You may not always be on there, but your account is always active and you always have some content going out. And then you may want to engage and have a time that you can do that 
And if you can't do that, that's when you start to shift and find other people that can. Like if you're in a salon, find a young person in the salon that knows how to do, you know, that and maybe give them that job. Like, can you make sure you're taking pictures of everybody before they leave? And um, because sometimes I tell salons, get creative, create like a selfie corner. You could put like a step and repeat up there and have your logo on there and put a ring light and have them like, oh, you're so beautiful. We have to take you to the selfie corner and make it like a big thing. And then have somebody man that it could be your receptionist. It could be an assistant or something like that. But finding ways to work smarter, not harder. It doesn't have to take your whole day. It doesn't have to be something you do all the time. And I don't want beauty professionals stuck on social media all the time. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying have a strategy in place, just like for email marketing. When I say that day that you carve out to work, you'll work on your social media. You can work on your email marketing. You can work on your paid ads. You can work on networking. Maybe that could be a day that you kind of network sometimes because you're, you're not working in the business. So maybe you can utilize that day to network. So we have to find times to, you know, to work on our business and not just in our business. But I, I honestly don't get too caught up in all those filters. I don't understand that whole thing now. And if you have to do that, maybe you need to make sure your work is polished enough where you don't have to use as many filters and things of that nature. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure these days to do that. And I, I love the idea of picking one thing that you love doing and are really good at and really focusing on that on your feed. You know, it's back in the day, we accepted any anybody or any service that landed in our chair. And the beauty of, you know, modern technology and all of these things is you really can attract your ideal client by showing more of that on your feed. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not going to have a feed with a bunch of two-year-old hairy taffy haircuts. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't want little Johnny coming for his hairy taffy haircut. So I wouldn't put that on my feed. So being intentional about what you put. And like you said in the beginning, not just your steak dinner from last night that was beautiful, but it has nothing to do with hair um, mm -hmm. is important for sure. Yeah. And what I say with that is, I, I, I always tell my clients that you need to post more of what you want to attract. You know, going back to what you said, like you need to put out there more of what you want to attract. I would talk to people who you know, I, I specialize in short hair. I really want to do short hair. But when I go to their page, there's no short hair on the page. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, wait a minute, you specialize in short hair. Where's the short hair? Or you specialize in color. Where's the color? Like I see everything but that on your page. So you're not really giving me an indicator that that's what you specialize in. And um, so I absolutely agree with that. So you, you lead with and you post more of what you want to attract. And, and, and then it doesn't have to just be like, say, if you want to attract more color clients, you just post all just color, but you can get creative with it. You can have fun with it. You know, you can kind of educate the clients on how to maintain in between. Um, you can show like you, like you, you can show the process without giving away too much of it. Right. So you kind of show the process of it without giving away too much and create some interest there. But definitely, I agree with that wholeheartedly. You should be leading with more of what you want to attract. And I think people miss that point. They say they do one thing, but does your profile reflect that? Does your website reflect that? A lot of times it doesn't. And that could be, that's a marketing issue because people are confused. They don't really know exactly what you do. Speaking of which, when you talked about the profile, I can't tell you how many businesses I'm scrolling on. Usually I spend more time on Facebook. I'm scrolling and I see something on there that interests me and I cannot find out what state they're in. Like, is it in Florida? Is it in my neighborhood? Is it something that I can, it'll be like 
girls night get together. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, oh, and I see the date and I see all the information. I'm like, where is it? So, so many people get so caught up in the beauty and the, the aesthetic of the page that they don't even put where they are. And if I hear about Brandy Taylor on Instagram and I go on Instagram, I'm like, oh, I want her to do my hair, but I can't find out what state she's in. So for starters, where are you? Make that part of your profile. You know, let them know what you do and where you are. Because if I live in Philadelphia, I'm not going to try to schedule with someone who lives in Atlanta, Georgia. Exactly. Um, so it's sometimes it's like the simplest things that are overlooked. And then people say social media doesn't work. I don't, I don't get any clients from social media. I'm like, okay, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> right, right. I, I absolutely agree with you. And that is key because I always look at that. Um, I'm actually looking for a stylist that it's a particular service that everyone doesn't offer. And she's a natural hair stylist. And so when I'm looking, I do look like where are they located? And many of them do have it in there, but a lot of people do not. And that makes it more difficult. So you're trying to figure out like, okay, where is she at? Is she in my area or is she not? Like, don't make it hard for people to find you, to book you, any of that. You want to make sure the booking process is seamless. Like, so I encourage stylists and beauty professionals in general to go through the process yourself and see what it's like to book you. Look at your social media from a standpoint of somebody that wants to, you know, patronize your services. Okay, I'm looking to go to this salon. I'm looking to go to this stylist you know, look at it from that standpoint. Is it attractive to you? Is it distracting? Do you have the proper information there? Is it clear on how to book you? I still to this day see people who don't have booking links there. You know, <laughs> I still see that. And I'm like, okay, or DM to book seriously? Like if you're busy doing hair all day, how do you have time to be checking DMs? Exactly. And, and no longer taking new clients. That's one that drives oh, me crazy. Oh, yes. No, yeah. In, in, in all caps, okay? Yes, all, all caps. <laughs> all caps. Can you hear me in the back? <laughs> <laughs> yes. No longer taking. And um, no DMs and all of this. And I understand sometimes things that people do can be frustrating. And sometimes people don't read and things like that. But I say, do everything that you can. I want you to spend money with me. So I'm going to do everything I can to make the process easy and smooth, to make it clear so you can understand how to book. If I have to explain it out like I would a preschooler, then I'm going to do that because it's business, right? So stop you know, yelling at people about that and make the process easier. Do anything that you can to simplify booking with you to simplify that decision should I book her should I go to that salon make that make that easy and then another thing with marketing it's not just social media because we talked a lot about social media but there's different ways like we need to find like I remember I, everywhere I went I would network so I would go and I would meet people and engage with people and if I had great conversations with with women I would take their card and to give them mine and then when I came home within within 48 hours of attending that event I would send an email like hey I'm Brandy Taylor I have a studio here and these are the services that we offer and we and I provide services for weddings and diff different things like that so if you ever need someone let me know and then that was it and I would just send that with a little information about what I did in the email and you would be surprised how many times something would happen and people would be like, oh my God, my cousin's getting married and she needs somebody to do the lashes and the makeup and the lady canceled. And I would get people like that or people to say, we have any, I have an event coming up and I need my makeup done. Is that something you offer? And it would be sometimes months later, weeks later, years later, where people would go back to that email and actually contact me. So it was always interesting 
how people sleep on the networking piece, like really getting out there, connecting with people, join different groups of women. Like I would join moms groups and different things like that. I'm a mom, I'm a woman. I would network with other female entrepreneurs, not just beauty people, but just really getting out there. And I would tell everybody like, hey, you know, I'm a beauty professional. I offer these types of services and this is what I can do. And, and that's how I introduced myself. So people always thought of me as the expert or the beauty person, the go-to person. And I would, you know, get a lot of people calling me and coming back for that. And so that's really, there's power in networking. And um, I have a marketing guide. I'm going to share the link with you, a free marketing guide. But I talk about the different forms because there's more than one way. It's not just social media. And it's not just social media. It's not just email. It's not just networking. It's all of those things. It's being very strategic about positioning your brand and positioning yourself as the expert and planting little seeds here and there because you never know when one's going to sprout so you consistently plant little seeds and that's marketing I love that so simple it can just be so simple and we, we make it so much more complicated than it needs to be so you said you were going to share a guide of some sort is that something that's easy to remember that they we can say on the podcast or do you want it in the show notes? What's easier? You could put, I'll give it to you to put in the show notes, but just go to IamBrandyTaylor.com and you can download the free resources. Just click free resources and you will be able to get the guide. And as I am a Brandy is with an I, everybody wants- I was just going to say, Brandy's with an I. <laughs> my mom left that Y off, so I got the I. <laughs> Brandy with an I, I love it. Um, so much great information, Brandy. Really, thank you so much for sharing. And it's such a pleasure having you. Um, I also did not get a chance to mention that Brandy is one of our mentors in the Hairstylist Ultimate Mentorship Program. So I'm excited to be working along with her, helping other stylists to be mentored and have a, a sense of community with people like us that have been in the industry a really long time. And we're happy to share our trials and tribulations with others that you know, we can avoid avoid all that for you um, by learning from our mistakes and, and what we have done, done right and done not so right. So thank you so much for being here. Um, Brandy shared her uh, website with you. Make sure you reach out to her. We'll put the uh, giveaway in the show notes so that you can stay in touch with her. And it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. Thank you all for listening and we will see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Please subscribe and be sure to leave a review. For more information on hair color education, please visit my website, www.expertcolorsolutions.com. See you soon.